We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. One of the best pieces of feedback that I've gotten during the pandemic with the masterminds that I run is that principals are enjoying talking about instruction and not just talking about COVID rules and regulations. It's one of the great things that we get to do in the mastermind is focus on the things that really matter. And sometimes we try to focus on other things, on the distractions that take us away from our vision, but we're always able to come back because our whole goal is to help us get our schools to where they need to be. So I would love to have you in there. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, You've probably heard me talk about it before. You probably have questions. Just go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind and let's set up a time to call, to talk about it. That's jethrojones.com slash mastermind and then click on schedule a call. I look forward to talking with you. Again, that's jethrojones.com slash mastermind. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have David Wood on the program today. Uh, David is a consultant who works with consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He's got a coaching business, um, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, sounds horrible, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show uh, where he sings 
uh, 500 miles on that, which is a pretty good one. And he coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. And, you know, we're not going to talk much about revenue here, of course, but I think some of the things that David talks about are really applicable to us as principals. So welcome, David, to Transformative Principal. Thank you, Jethro. I, I want to clarify, I used to be a consulting actuary. That was a past life uh, before I discovered coaching. That's how I started life. And you're the first host, I think, that actually looked up the song that I that I performed on that gong show, 500 Miles Wearing a Kilt by the Proclaimers. That was, a, that was fun and the most terrifying, one of the most terrifying things I've done in my life. <laughs> And some pretty awesome glasses too. Although they were hard to see with how low resolution that video was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm glad would I'm really pleased to be able to speak to principals. And I think the reason is I've been a fan and and a student of leadership for 25 years. Uh, firstly, leading myself and then leading others. And uh, it seems to me that being a principal is all about leadership. And I'm a huge fan of authentic communication and having tough conversations and transparency and reveals and true connection. So I figure the principles are the way to get to the teachers and the teachers are the way to get to the kids. I, di- I didn't get a lot of the good stuff I needed as a kid. Uh, I think we're getting better as society progresses, but anything I can do to influence that is a win for me. Yeah, well, that's really great. You know, you glossed over something, said it as though it was just no big deal. And you said that you've been a leader for several years, uh, first of all, leading yourself. And I'd like you to unpack that a little bit because leading yourself is incredibly important. It's not something that we think about often enough, but it's easy to not lead ourselves. So would you talk a little bit about what that means to lead yourself first and why that's important? Yeah, I'll give... A couple of examples from today. So one thing today is I noticed that I'm flying to Miami tomorrow to give a speech to a conference and I've got a lot of calls today and I haven't fully packed. And I notice I keep adding things uh, like a friend wants to speak. We haven't spoken for ages. I said, yeah, I can, I can do that later today. I could find some time. And then something else came on and I, I nearly said, Oh, the dentist called and said, we could fit you in this afternoon. I was like, oh, I could get that. I nearly said yes. So part of leading myself was going, hey, that's too much. You need to start saying no to things today because there's so much your mind's trying to hold. That's one example. The other thing that came up is I've been realizing, and it's hard to catch this because sometimes it's like the fish discussing the water. You say to the fish, how's the water? And the fish goes, what water? But I noticed that I've got some angst about house repairs. I've just moved into a, into a new place and it's an old house and there's a long list of repairs and I've been feeling upset by the pace at which they're getting repaired. And just this morning I found there's a leak on my, uh, in the roof and I'd already thought that we repaired that last week and it's, here it is. So I'm feeling upset and the leading myself is noticing that I'm getting upset by that and working out how I can reframe it. And it's not that hard to reframe once I've I've caught the problem. I can reframe it to, hey, I'm not responsible for these repairs. Thank goodness it's not my job. 
I just got to let the agent know and then try and get commitments from him. That's the bit for me. He's the one that's got to get, got to wrangle four different repair people mm-hmm. to come and manage all that. And he's the one that's got to pay for it. And I don't actually need any of these repairs. If the worst that happens in my life is that I have a towel on my desk to catch some drips when it rains, really? That's what I'm going to be upset about. So there's a second example of how I'm trying to lead myself today and just catch when I'm going into problem mode and and that this is wrong and find a way to enjoy it. The other thing I've noticed is I just sent a message and I noticed here I am trying to get a time frame from this guy again. And then I spotted this is quite a pattern. And so I just sent him an audio saying, hey, I want to name a dynamic that I think is going on here. And you might've noticed it. I notice I'm consistently trying to get a commitment from you. And I feel like I'm chasing constantly. Can you commit to this? When can you do this? And a way we could really shortcut this is if you'd be willing to lead with commitments. If you could say, look, I can't get the plumber here today. I have got a commitment. They'll be here by Wednesday. Or I don't have a commitment yet, but I do commit to getting you a commitment by five o'clock today. I'll let you know when the plumber's going to come. That would make my life amazing. And it might help you with your other clients if you're interested, but I know you haven't hired me as a coach. So I'll just stick with this as something I'd request from you. All right. So now I'm I'm trying to lead myself and him in the communication because I noticed I'm in this constant dynamic of chasing. Let's see if we could switch that up. And he might, he might be interested in that as well. And, and that's kind of a, a simple thing to ask of someone to, to lead with commitments. But sometimes those simple things really make a huge difference. So on the topic of leading myself, I had an experience this weekend where, where somebody was assigned to teach something and somebody else called and said, that person is not up to the task of teaching that. And I was the one who was the decision maker on it. And instead of me saying, I think that person will be fine. I listened to the busybody who got involved in the conversation who really had no business being involved, but she knew the person better and said, he's not going to be able to do this. And I knew as soon as I started talking that I should have just ignored her request and just moved on with my life and said, thanks for your input, but I'm moving on but I didn't. And so I felt myself really frustrated that I listened to that advice when I knew better from previous experiences. And I, I should have just done that. And so I I was all grumpy about it last night and my wife was trying to talk me through it. I was like, I don't even want to talk about it because I know this is my problem and I still did it. And I have to stand up for myself in the future. And it's one of those things where like nobody else has any control over me. I chose to give into that. And that's where I felt I wasn't leading myself well and needed to do a better job and have to commit to doing a better job in the future so that I can serve the people that I'm working with even better. That's really well spotted. Yeah. It's kind of tricky because we want to catch all of those things and yet they're in the background, like the water with the fish. So that's, I mean, I'm biased towards coaching. That's somewhere that sometimes a coach can help or a therapist. And I realized something else about that conversation I mentioned with the, with the agent, the real estate agent. I'm writing a book right now called Name That Mouse because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. And 
what I did with that agent, and I want to put a name on this so that anyone listening can use this as a technique if you like it and you want to steal it. I became aware of a mouse in the room, which was, oh, I'm constantly chasing. I'm like, oh, I think this is a dynamic that we have. And then I named it. Now we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, but that's the first step is, oh, I notice, I notice this is happening between us. That's the way it seems to me. Does that seem to you that that's happening? Or I notice that um, I wonder if I've just made you defensive. You know, it seems like you might want to defend yourself right now. Is that, is that what's happening? Such a powerful technique. And it's something we could study for years and years. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Just whatever's happening between me and someone else, can I name that? And maybe we change it, maybe we don't, but at least we're now, we can now either get shared reality on that, like, oh, they think that too, or no, they have a totally different experience and they might name a different mouse. Maybe I have a mouse in the room, they have a hedgehog, who knows, but we can at least find out. Yeah, and that can be challenging to do that because you don't want to offend someone or project your insecurities or weaknesses on them. So- how do you how do you overcome that kind of a challenge, David? Well, that's another mouse. So if I think, oh, I want to say to someone, hey, I notice you've been late for the last three meetings, and I'd I'd like to share how that impacts me and see if you're open to it. As I imagine saying that, I might start getting worried that they're going to be offended, or they're going to get defensive, and that it might not go well. So that's now a secondary mouse. I could start with that. I say, hey, I want to bring up something about how we've been interacting. I want to do it in a positive way and not in a way that has you be defensive and whatever. Is it okay if I share it? So you can name that. I, I want this to go well. And I, I'd like this to feel like a supportive conversation. And you know, if it's not, let me know. But that becomes another mouse. I remember when I was sitting in a course with a guru and a whole bunch of students, they'd pass the microphone and I'd have what I wanted to share. That was my mouse. I want to share. This is how I'm feeling. By the time the microphone got to me, I was now terrified. That was my new mouse. And I would skip over that and just try and share the other thing. But everyone could see that I was kind of terrified, but I'm talking about how happy I was this morning and it doesn't fit. It was just weird took me a long time to realize, oh, something new is here. Now I've got a mouse about the mouse. So now I could just start with, all right, I'm feeling very nervous and I don't want to dwell on that. I just wanted to name it and move on and share the share something else. Now people can relate to me around that. They go, oh yeah, you seem nervous, right? That makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. Out of the way. Yeah. So it it seems like it takes courage to be able to have those kind of conversations. And that's one of the things that you talk about a lot. And the other part of that is that we often think that we're playing it safe by not bringing up something that could be contentious or offensive or harmful or hurtful or whatever. And a lot of times it doesn't really play out like that. How do we like, why is playing it safe? Not the best idea. Yeah. Sometimes playing it safe is the most dangerous thing you can do. So that's so true. Like, I, I figure we're going to pay one way or another. We're either going to pay upfront and quickly by addressing the issue and we'll pay with some discomfort. Maybe they have some discomfort and then hopefully we'll get more connected and then it's transformed even. Or we can pay over time. 
and we can pay over time slowly, like ripping off the Band-Aid inch by inch. I had an example recently with a landlord. This is before I moved into this new house, moved in downstairs and crossed my boundary in a really big way. He would open the adjoining door between our apartments and just come into my space and start using the storage room. And I was freaking out by it and was not happy. Now I could have not addressed this and just, um, you know, tried to basically suffer in silence or move out and get a hotel and, you know, all sorts of things I was considering trying, but that's not my style. I'm like, Dave, you got to address this. And it was very scary for me to reach out to him and say, Hey, could we have a cup of tea in the garden and, and talk? And he agreed to it. And then it could have gone badly in a number of ways, but I've been at this for a bit and I have a, a, a model for how to do cough, tough conversations. I started the conversation with asking him a question that I was really curious about. I said, how did you manifest this house? How did you do it? Cause I want to manifest a house like this right now. Did you get lucky? Did you work really hard or was it something else? And he talked for half an hour about what the house meant to him and how when the old one burned down, he cried looking out over the valley. It was really sweet. And then once that was done, I said, can I share with you a little bit about what I've been going through the last couple of days? And he said, yeah. And I was just straight with him. I said, I'm really trying to change my mind so I can get on board with you coming in and out. And the truth is I'm miserable. Is there any way you might be willing to give me 24 hours notice so my nervous system can relax. And he said, yeah, I can do that. And I cried. I can be a tough guy who jump off a mountain in Nepal with a paraglider strapped to my back and go up under 10,000 feet. I can hold my head in an armed holdup. I cried. And uh, it was such a sweet connection. Transformed that relationship from an enemy he was an enemy to me. When he came in and started doing that, I had a panic attack. And we transformed that to he's offering to pick up stuff for me in town. I'm offering to carry his groceries. He, that guy became an ally. So I'm a big fan of, even though you might be thinking, all right, this is going to be awkward. This is uncomfortable. I'm scared. There could be negative consequences. Nine times out of 10, I would say it's, in my experience, it's been worth it to take a risk. Usually you're going to be no worse off than how you started. And if you are, maybe that's how it's supposed to go. That's just round one. Maybe you get a round two and a round three. Hey, you know what? I don't think I did very well in that conversation. I'd like to have a do-over. Would that be possible? You know, I've thought about it more and I feel like I wasn't really listening to your side of it. I'd like to have a do-over. Boom, do round two. We live as if we only get one shot at it, and it's rarely the case. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, 
One book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being and much more. These books used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. One of the things that I find interesting about that story is that you asked him a question about manifesting that house first. Why was that so important? What did that enable? Because you asked a question first. Yeah, I love that. The trainer in me wants to geek out on on and break it down. So firstly, I didn't just lead with my agenda, which is I need you to honor the lease and give me 24 hours notice. I didn't lead with being combative. I wanted to connect and I wanted to relate. So I thought of something that we had in common, which was the house. And so it was a way of connecting with him and it was beautiful. I, it was so sweet him talking about it. I think that's why. And then once he'd had a chance to speak and be heard, I believe he was much more receptive to hearing something from my world. Yeah. And that I think is really important. And the other thing is that when I I see this with teachers all the time. They have something that is bothering them about their principal or about something that's going on and they, they push it down inside and they don't talk about it and they don't bring it up. And then all of a sudden months later, they lose it and it blows up at that point because they're so fed up that they never were able to get that out. And what I call this is, is a storyline where they have this storyline in their mind about why their principal is doing it and what their principal is doing. And I even created little cards for my staff to pull off my door and hand to me and say, I have a storyline. And my response to that was to just listen and then tell them honestly what was really going on. And there was one or two times where they really did like upset me and I was taking it out on them. And I didn't realize how bad I was doing it, but almost every other time, whatever story they were creating in their mind was completely wrong and had nothing to do with what was really going on. Like I gave them a look and they interpreted that look to mean I hated them and I was mad at them and I was going to write them up for something. And that was nowhere near the case, but they, they would hold it in and they wouldn't just bring it out. And what I like about your approach, my approach was much more direct. Here's my issue. Tell me the truth. What's really going on. What I like about your approach is I think about all the ways that they could have handled that by talking, leading with something that we had in common, leading with our connection rather than leading with just here's my issue. And I think that's a really wise way to put it that gives people, it gives them power in the conversation and gives them the ability to build a relationship so that you can connect deeper rather than just try to solve problems when that's an important piece. Well, I I love, I think you're really onto something powerful with this storyline concept because the, the way we tend to operate is that our way is reality. We think that, I know I do. I think that what I'm thinking in my head is the way it is. And there are good reasons for that. We, we have to assume some things like if a hot plate's on, I'm going to assume that if I touch it, I'll get burned. I don't have to touch it every time to test if that's right. So we, we've learned how to make assumptions where it gets in the way is between people. 
And so you touched on a very powerful technique. I will often say, and my friends around me in Boulder will often say, I notice I have a story that you're angry with me and I want to check this out with you. As soon as you say, I have a story, you're taking responsibility for the fact that these are your thoughts and you may be wrong and you're not assuming something. I just have a story. I said it last night. I said, I have a story that that women in this room will feel safer if there are more women in the room versus men. Is that accurate? Um, I also, I think it's worth noting, I have a model for tough conversations called the CARE model, and you can get that on my website, C-A-R-E. And it's a really, we had one principal write in after an interview I did. I think it was on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. He wrote in and said, I am batting four for four using this model. I've had four tough conversations. I've used this paint by number system and every single one was a success. And the brief version of the model, and I, I can't remember what all the letters stand for right now, but the C is to clarify the issue for yourself. And there's a worksheet. It'll ask you, what are you scared of that could happen? It'll ask you, what's your positive intention for this conversation? What could go wrong? Do you have a request? As if I was there coaching you, it'll ask you all the questions so that you can go into it clear. You're less likely to step on any landmines. And then you express positive intent. You say, hey, this is why, um, here's why I've been hesitant to have this conversation because I've been worried that this might happen. But I've decided I do want to have the conversation with you because, and then you insert your positive intent. It's a paint by number system. And now they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, what do you got? And then um, if they're ready and willing and receptive, you share your issue and say, this is what's been going on for me. And then you'll make your request if you have it. And then the last step, the E stands for inquire. You want to find out what their world is like. You've shared the issue, you've made the request, but then you want to know, how does this land for you? Is this awkward? Is it inspiring? Is it something else? Do you, am I wrong? Do you have a better idea? And then you shut up and you really let them talk. Simple four-step model. Now, I will say, Jethro, if you find that they don't have the space to hear you, maybe they have a lot of charge, switch. Why don't you go first? I'm just going to listen until you've said everything and then I'm going to check I got it right. And then if, if you've got some space, I'll, I'll take a turn. It doesn't really matter who goes first. What matters simply is that you take turns. And humans are not good at taking turns in communication when there's charge. We're really bad at it. All you remember out of this is take turns. One of you is going to listen and really get the other person. And then you switch. That's a game changer. Yeah. Well, being able to take turns is hugely important. And it's not just about taking turns for the sake of we're having a conversation and you say something, then I say something, but especially in these tough conversations, really taking turns, sharing the challenges that you're both facing. And where that gets really difficult is when only one of you is facing challenges and the other person isn't. And so you can offer them to go first, but if they're not feeling any charge or they're not feeling any, like anything's not working, then I can find, I find those conversations to be very tough as well in a different way, 
because then it's all on you. What's your perspective on that, Dave? Yeah. If, if you're the only one with the charge, then you lead it. You're like, hey, and you just follow the care model, clarify it for yourself, you express positive intent, and then you share your issue if they, they seem willing to listen and make a request. Like I did the very quick version of it with the real estate agent. I said, hey, I've noticed something else. What I could have done better is express positive intent. I'd like to share something that might have our communication go really much easier. And in fact, if you like it, you can steal it and use it with other people as well. I could have set it up better so that he'd be more likely to listen. We have a pretty good relationship and he knows I'm a coach. So I thought I could just slip it in. Hey, I noticed something going on. I'm constantly chasing here and whatever. And here's what I'd like. Would you be willing to do that? I made the request. And then I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and how this lands for you. I kind of threw it all into a really quick voice message and we'll see. And I might, I might actually call him about this because it's worth talking about and seeing how he thinks about it and just saying, in general, if you could lead with deadlines and lead with commitments, then I wouldn't be chasing you so much. I could just really relax and go, all right, it may not be the time frame I want, but at least I, I can then come back and try for something else. So I can say, all right, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave you until then. I think it'd be good for both of us. I'm I'm talking myself into it right here on this <laughs> podcast with you, but I can see how a, a phone call would be better. I mean, in persons where you have the most influence, a Zoom call is be next best. Uh, next best would be a, a phone call. And then after that voice message or a video, I use videos a lot. I'll make a little video on Loom and send it to someone. Mm-hmm. And then way down the line is a, is a text message or an email. Yeah. Well, and I think the other piece about that is you being clear on what it's going to look like for you, like what your request is. You understanding, that's where I think the clarify your piece is really important because it's easy to, to, to say, I'm just really frustrated you need to do something better. But what is it that they need to do better? And being able to say, lead with commitments and start the conversation with, here's when this guy's coming, when the plumber's coming, then, you know, I bet 99% of the time, you don't care when the plumber's coming. You just need an answer. <laughs> you know, you just need to know that he's coming because that's what you're stressed and worried about is getting that taken care of. You can live with it for another week, but not knowing is <laughs> right. But not knowing is the real challenge. Yeah. Not knowing. Cause you right now it's open-ended. I don't want to get till Thursday and find out that the plumber still hasn't come because there are mm-hmm. some dead, you know, there is a time frame and a week's, a week's actually, well, actually that's a good point. I have a roommate and I'm not sure how pressing it is for him, you know, so I can check in with him and see what is the impact on you? How is it mm-hmm. for you that you're having to come upstairs and use my bathroom right now? Um, is it something that, you know, I really should push and be really hard on this guy Actually, that's the main, oh, wow, I just realized that's been the main thing driving me. These other things, yeah, I can kind of put up with them myself, but I'm concerned about my subtenant who I have responsibilities to and I feel really caught between a rock and a hard place. So now that I have that information and I've named that mouse, I can name that with the agent and let him know this is just part of what's going on for me so he can understand Mm -hmm. why I'm constantly pushing. And the other thing is I can check in and get reality on my story that this is really, I think it's really uncomfortable for my subtenant and I could be wrong, 
but I'll find out. And I can see the value in that conversation. If he says, no, I'm good. At least now he knows that I've been losing sleep over it and I'm trying to get an advocate on his behalf. And if he says, actually, yeah, this is a real pain. Again, he knows that I care about this. And so you tend to win just getting someone's world. I get his world. He gets my world. The agent gets my world. I get the agent's world. When we get each other's individual worlds, things tend to get better in my experience. Yeah, I, that is absolutely true. Um, in closing, the last question I ask is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal? Start naming your mice. The elephant's not the animal, the only animal in the room. The elephant is something I know about it. You know about it. No one's saying anything. All right. This person just came into the meeting with blood over their face and no one's saying anything. That's an elephant. A mouse, maybe I see it and you don't see it. Or, you know, maybe I don't know if you see it or not. Right. It's much more subtle. Start naming your mice. It might be a feeling. Hey, I notice I'm feeling defensive right now. I don't know what that's really about. I just wanted to name it. I notice I'm really inspired by you. It doesn't have to be a negative mouse. Really inspired by you and the way the way you handle children. I talk about you all the time and I don't tell you that enough. Start naming what's going on in your brain. You can do it kindly and there are ways to do it. I, I say to CEOs, you're not necessarily going to go to the boardroom and say, we're heading off a cliff. I don't know what to do. The company's going under. We're losing it. You don't have to do that. You do that with your coach, all right? But you can go to them and say, hey, you may be scared. If so, I can relate to that. I'm scared too, but we will find a plan. We will create a way. So there are ways to start naming your mice. Do it with your kids. Do it with your partner, with your friends. Oh, I notice I have a desire for us to be on time for our phone calls. I wonder how you, how do you feel about that? Start naming your mice. You're already naming some mice. They might, you might be naming hedgehogs or deers or antelope. Start getting more and more subtle. If you start to notice it for yourself, that's a big win. Then there might be a way that you can just, just clue other people into what's going in for you, on for you. That will, that's modeling leadership. That's showing people how to do it. And you'll be giving everyone else in your life permission to do the same, to start naming, oh, you know, I wasn't going to say this, but, you know, since you've been showing me how to do it, I want to say, oh, I have a desire. Would it be possible to do this? Or I want to ask for this. You can create a safe space for people in your life to start telling you the truth. And you start by modeling it. Yeah, that, that is such great advice, David. Modeling is is so powerful. Even if people don't catch on and don't get it, it is still a good way to do it because you can continue modeling and eventually a lot of people do catch on. And I just, a, a quick story. I've been trying this with my kids to model things for them over and over again. Um, and the other day, uh, my son got it and he he recognized that I was doing something and was teaching him while I was doing it. And he just like, it was amazing because he, he finally understood what I was trying to do. And I've been so frustrated with his behavior around it, but knew that I couldn't 
I, I wasn't ready to directly address it with him. And so while I was trying to figure it out and clarify and do all that, I was trying to model the better way to do it. And so yesterday he asked something in an appropriate way, just how I want him to. And because of that, I was able to say, that's what I'm looking for. That's it. <laughs> and it was so, it was so good and so perfect that then it wasn't about me being upset with him anymore. It was about him saying, I'm doing this and he was ready to do it. And so just a, just a great uh, shout out for that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if people want to learn more about you and connect with you, they can go to focus.ceo. Is that the best place to reach you? Yeah. And particularly for principals and teachers, I have a program called the tough conversations training program, and um, we can do it via zoom. And uh, be something like something like ninety minutes is a good chunk of time, and we can actually train your staff in how to lean more than they are right now. Because I imagine they've already got training and had in how to communicate. But I've been hearing teachers have got have tough conversations with each other, with the principal, with parents, with students. There are always some edgy topics, and uh, you can find out about that training program at focus.ceo just go through the navigation you can click on tough conversations and read about it and i'd I'd be thrilled i just love being able to share anything that's going to help you guys be more transparent be more authentic show up as leaders because i know that's going to ripple through to the kids everything that a principal learns that a teacher learns is something that the kids get to learn yeah thank you so much i appreciate it i'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes so people can Check it out. And thank you again for being part of Transformative Principle today, David. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh, and make sure you get the care model as well. You can download it. It's a free download on the site. The care model for tough conversations. You can get that at focus.ceo. Oh, yep. wait a minute. I do have a gift basket for listeners. Can I oh, can I give great. out the link yeah. for that? You have a yeah, special link. That. Well, just for people who are really interested in productivity, I'm a bit of a productivity geek. Um, or if you want to get on the phone with me and and see how I might be able to help your organization, you can go to myfocusgift.com and uh, and I I have a couple of free downloads for you and a free training and it'll tell you how to get on the phone with me if you'd like to do that. Cool. All right. We got that in the show notes also, jethrojones.com slash podcast. Make sure you check that out. And we'll have links to everything that you talked about here, including the care model. So thank you very much, David, for being here jethrojones.com forward slash podcast. Go check it out. (laughs) Hey, middle school principals. What if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play? In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy. And it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes.
you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.